0: Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and, most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock-A-Day-In-Our-Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner.
1: Hello, it's Lisa again, and today we are going to talk about manifestation hearings. Isn't that exciting? Thrilling manifestation hearings. Um, I used to work for an agency, and even now that I don't work for an agency anymore as an advocate, um, I still do a lot of pro bono work. From cl- some some are clients that I even had when I worked for the agency, um, but I still do a lot of pro bono work in some school districts. Um as I told you in in the last podcast about the statistics as far as um, our kids being suspended, and if you have an IEP and you're a minority and um if you live in certain socioeconomic levels i e you live in poverty um, you have a a really high chance of just being suspended. Um, The the cards are just really stacked against these kids. And so that is the population that, that my agency served. And some districts were particularly more notorious than others, and I still work in a lot of those districts. Anyway, my point is, as an advocate... I have attended more manifestation hearings than I ever dreamed I would be attending. I just thought um, when I was learning and training to be an advocate and they talk about manifestations and manifestation hearings and suspensions, I just – I got into this because I thought I was going to help families like my own. And as I as I progressed, as far as my one-on-one advocacy um, – and, and the clients who I serve directly, I end up, my my niche has really been families who I call thrice marginalized. Um, they're obviously a family living with a disability. Many times they're also a minority. And the third margin, marginalized population is that they live in poverty. But you know what? Moms are still moms. And When I talk with these moms and meet with them, you know, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all just moms trying to help our kids. And, but when you live in so many segments of a population that's been marginalized for centuries, you don't feel like you have a way out. And, um but their determination isn't any less, their passion for their kids isn't any less, their desire for justice and for their kids to be treated fairly and equally isn't any less. Um, and some of these women are really amazing, and it amazes me that, you know, they work two or three jobs and they're still managing to, to do all this. Um, but anyway, I have been to dozens and dozens of manifestation hearings, unfortunately, Get out, not while you're driving, if you're listening to me while you're driving, but get out your procedural safeguards booklet. Look for it online. If you don't have it, Google it by state. And read the section on uh, discipline and manifestation hearings. For the most part, the general rule is if your child is suspended for 10 consecutive or 15 cumulative, that is when the team must do a manifestation hearing or different. And again, this is another one of those things where different States um, and different places call them different things. We used to call them when I worked at the agency, we called them MDH for manifestation determination hearing. Some people just call them manifestation hearings. Um, but basically what it is, it's a, it's a hearing, and then, then, then there's that word hearing. Um, that scares people, right? i will have to go to a hearing. Um, but basically it's up to the team to decide if this suspension-worthy behavior that the child exhibited, if it was a manifestation of the child's disability. And if it is, you know, what, what are we going to do about that? My first bit of advice that I always give parents, and I get it—you're stressed. Um, I know what it—I I know that feeling you get in your stomach when your phone rings and it's the school. I know that feeling. I know it too well, um, and that's because of my son's seizure disorder. In fact, it just happened yesterday, and, and like now, the first thing they say is, "Oh, Mrs. Leitner, he's fine." I just wanted to know this, you know. But I know that that sense of dread that you get in your stomach when you see the school call you. And then if it's, oh, he's been suspended, blah, 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 you have to come get him. In many cases, you're being called away from work, right? So now you have to ask for time off work. That's stressful. Your time away from work, um, you know, sure, lots of people have understanding employers sympathetic employers but it's kind of there's still that stigma attached to kids who get suspended you know oh you oh she has the bad kid she must be a bad parent then she must not be disciplining him at home because he gets suspended all the time right it's mom's fault so there's that stigma attached to it so you might even be lying to your boss at work to leave work early because you're embarrassed of the truth There's just, there's a lot of negative emotions surrounding your child being suspended. On top of that, you know, you get to the school and many times it's chaotic. And the best advice I can give you is that, and I I know you're like, you know what, Lisa, shut up. Um. But you have to, if you take 30 seconds in the car or whatever you're doing, but you have to center yourself and calm down. And I know that's like the worst advice that you can give to a stressed out person is to tell them to calm down. But you need to proactively determine that you're going to go into this situation with a level head because it's chaotic. It's stressful. You might be embarrassed. You might be in a hurry to get back to work. And I've seen parents in their haste just kind of sign anything that was put in front of them. Here, just sign this and we'll release them to your custody or your care. Okay. And the things that the parents have signed... I've seen them, I've seen parents sign, in some cases it's a PWN or a NORIP with a placement change. I've seen it be a form where you're waiving your right to a manifestation hearing. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff and yes, um, we have taken this not me personally, but I was part of a group um, who was testifying and interviewing with the Department of Justice on some of these issues. I mean, that's how far we took it. And that's how egregious, I mean, this one district or some of these districts were the worst of the worst. Um, And it was a systemic problem where they were just constantly suspending kids and the mom would go to pick them up and here, just sign this. And they were just signing away their rights to all kinds of things and agreeing to um, alternative education placements and stuff like that. And like I said, um, a, a class action complaint is in the works as high up as the Department of Justice for some of these districts. So um, not every district is this bad. I'm just telling you that it can happen. And little old me who lives in suburban Philadelphia – has seen it happen many times. And that's just kind of, um, it's just kind of amazing to me and not amazing in a good way that, you know, I'm just the suburban mom trying to help people with their IEPs and I can't believe how many injustices I've seen occur in my own county. Okay. So you have to be level headed going into this. And you're going to take the time to read whatever is put in front of you because chances are okay oh here sign this and then you can take them home read it please read it okay you have to learn how to keep your feet under you you have to be methodic about this that being said sorry taking a sip of water that being said, if you're listening to me right now and you're like, oh my God, I just signed something like that, don't panic. Um, it's not as clean. It's a messier way to go about things. <laughs> but what you need to do is do an email to anyone and everyone involved in the situation and just tell them. Hey, when I came to pick up my child on such and such date, um, I was upset and I was under duress due to the stressful situation. And I am now rescinding my agreement to and rescind whatever it is that you signed and agreed to. And ask, I do wish to have a manifestation hearing, I do wish to have an IEP meeting. I am requesting that he or she have a new FBA performed. Okay, so don't panic you're something like, oh my God, I, I signed that. What do I do? I signed it. Um, Resend it. Like I said, it's a little bit messier. It's much cleaner to read it while you're standing there. And if it's, you know, if it says right there on that form and, and I, you know, I'm pretty sure I have copies of some. I should look for them and post them online. Um, these forms that parents had, you know, and I think I gave mine to, I think I made copies and actually gave mine to the Department of Justice person I was working with. Um, if it says on there, I'm waiving my right to a manifestation hearing. You just, you're going to have to look them right in the eye. And, oh, no, I don't. No, I'm not waving a manifestation hearing. I want this to occur. So go ahead. Okay, let's schedule this. Okay. So you have one coming up. Don't let that word hearing scare you. It is a scary word. It's a hearing. I get it. I've seen enough and attended enough of these with moms that I understand that you're stressed. But first and foremost, you want to be prepared. And again, you have to be level-headed. You have to get your wits about you and prepare for this, you know, as I often say, like like a business meeting. You want to do written requests for any and all incident reports or files, documentation, emails. Related to the incident in question. You also should do some research on your child's disability. Okay. You want to gather lists that, you know, and please pick reputable sources, you know. Um, None of this woo stuff or essential oils, that kind of nonsense. Um, But you want to gather... You know, what are signs and symptoms of your child's disability? You know, one of the classic hallmarks of ADHD is impulsive behavior. Okay. You want to make sure if your child has, if your child is easily swayed by his or her peers, you know, there are those kids who they just want to be liked. They struggle so much so- socially and it, it, it's painful to watch, you know, and those are the kids that just get sucked into doing really dumb things because they think it'll make other kids like them, okay? You want to bring that kind of documentation. You want to be able to show that the behavior was a manifestation of the child's disability, Also, you should always have, of course, your current IEP and behavior plan. I have on... If you go to a com, and if you search for manifestation determination or manifestation hearing, I'm not sure what I've called it. Um, but if you go to that blog post, I do have a PDF in there of what is called a manifestation determination worksheet. You can also... Actually, just Google that. Um, Google the worksheet. And you should come up with several examples. I know Pennsylvania has one on our parent training website. But, you know, print one, print a dozen. um, And you want to be prepared. When you get to the manifestation hearing, the team should have a worksheet that looks similar To the one that you print off. Um, You know, different districts use different forms, but for the most part the the content and the core of it will be the same. So you want to be prepared for those questions. You also want to go to your school district's website. And look for the discipline policy. And and in particular, you know, look for the discipline policy regarding whatever the behavior was um, that your child did. You know, so if it's smoking, um, you want to look up your school district policy on what happens to kids who are caught smoking. You want to make sure that your child was not punished more severely than his or her non-disabled peers. So using that smoking example, um, you know, let's say the school district policy says if a child is caught smoking on school property, the first offense is a one-day in-school suspension and your child received a three-day out-of-school suspension, why is that? Why was your child punished more severely than what the policy calls for. So those are the kinds of things you want to look for when you're looking at discipline policy. When you go to a manifestation hearing, um, you can bring people. You know, Pennsylvania has wraparound behavioral health services. And I think, like, just about all of my clients have wraparound Um, and you can bring your wraparound people with you. So if it was applicable, I certainly would bring my, my son's home BCBA to this. Um, it's just not likely. I I just, you know, people go, well, can I bring the doctor? Can I bring a psychiatrist? You can. It's just not likely. It's very difficult to get those folks to leave their office, um, for an afternoon or an entire morning or you know things like that so you can you can bring anyone when you get there i mean like i said they're going to have their determination worksheet filled out or it might be blank and they say we're going to fill it out together as a team and you're just going to go through all those questions okay you also want to make sure Like I said, that you have your child's IEP and behavior plan because I have had a few clients who they have a one-on-one aid with them for behaviors, among other things, but the one-on-one is assigned to them. Part of their duties is is to assist with behaviors and either the one-on-one called out sick and they didn't have a sub or the one-on-one went to lunch. And oh, guess what? The child acted out. Well, that's why they have a one-on-one. Who was responsible for the child at the time of the behavior? Okay. And now that I've said that, I want to add in that, you know, a manifestation hearing isn't about, it isn't about, you know, your get out of jail free card. It isn't about just trying to get, let our kids get away with stuff and not hold them accountable to their behavior. That's not the purpose here. But suspensions do not solve problems. They do not mold behavior for the better. They're not a positive thing. And so why we even keep doing them is beyond me. But the manifestation is just about being – and you want to be honest. I'm not suggesting that anyone lie and try to get something to be a manifestation of a behavior when it clearly is not. Although I would struggle to not be able to find a link in some way. Our kids do need to learn to be accountable for their behaviors, but they also need to learn how to make good decisions. I had a client one time, um, and she had pretty much experienced in her lifetime, and she was 16 or 17 when I got her. I'm sorry, I know this is running long, so I will wrap it up really quick. She had been abused. Parent, I believe dad had been murdered. Mom was in and out of jail a lot. Mom had some real addiction problems and she would bring men over to the house to buy and sell drugs and she would let these men molest the child. So pretty much in the crappy hands dealt in life, this girl had had experienced it, right? As a result, she acted out a lot. I got her as a client when she was 16 or 17. And I had to go to court with her one time. And that was just as a support person and as a character witness. And it was seriously like something out of a movie. Because this judge or and, – and actually what's even worse is that in this type of court, they don't call them judges. They call them masters. Right? So you have this – it's, it's – it's, it's sadly comical. I had this young girl living in poverty, foster child, mom's incarcerated, dad's dead, she's poor, she's a minority, and I have this 60-something white-haired guy that we have to call master, right? So now if that isn't symbolic for a whole lot of stuff, I don't know what is. But he said to her, young lady, you need to start making better decisions. And I, when I got to stand up and vouch for her, I said to him, sir, with all due respect, a few minutes ago, you told her she needs to make better decisions. She does not have the tools in her toolkit to make better decisions. I said, you asking her to do that is the same as if you would ask me right now to go build a house I said I don't have the tools nor the resources nor the knowledge to go build a house I said she needs supports because they were going to throw her back into juvie she had been suspended so many times and blah 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 and this was a violation of her probation um, because part of her probation was that she was not to get suspended from school again but And I said that to him, and I was shaking while I said it because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually um, speaking up like this. But it was just such an injustice because we were expecting behavior from a child who literally had an empty toolbox. She has no tools in her toolbox. And people are just expecting her, you know, and then you add on learning disabilities and mental illnesses on top of that, right? And then people just expect her to act right. Like, are you kidding me? Anyway, that's what a manifestation is about, is about we want to hold our kids accountable to their behavior, but only when we know that they can perform the skills, only when we know that they have the skill set to do so, okay? So anyway, you get through the manifestation hearing, you ask all these questions, and basically, there's no real defined process for this. Every manifestation hearing I've been to in several different school districts, it's we literally would just go around the table and say yes or no if we felt that this behavior was a manifestation of the child's disability. Um, that is usually not the difficult part, getting them to agree that it was a manifestation of the child's disability. The next part is... Um, is the why. And one of the questions um, on the form is, um, oh gosh, I wish I had one in front of me. But it's about basically like, was the, if there's, a, if there's a behavior plan in place, an IEP and behavior plan in place, was it being implemented properly? So basically what you're asking the school to admit to in writing is that they weren't following the IEP or behavior plan, which can be difficult to do. They don't like to write down that they, what they did was wrong um, or that they weren't following the IEP. But if it's on record that the one-on-one called out that day, that's pretty cut and dry to me. Um, you can write on the form. You will have to sign the form as a parent, and you can write on it if you agree or disagree if you disagree with their decision ask them what the appeals process is and pursue that um other than that i mean that's really it they're very stressful i get that they are stressful Take a look at my post. I have a couple of links to, I think, rights law. Um, I have a couple of links to um, uh, the Education Law Center in Philadelphia. And they have some really good writing on this um, for you to prepare. And as always, you can always ask in our Facebook group. But I am going to wrap it up here because I've gone way over 20 minutes. Um, but hopefully this helps if you have to go to a manifestation hearing and I will talk to you soon bye bye
0: thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast no parent should have to IEP alone and with A Day in Our Shoes you don't have to for more IEP assistance and letter templates visit adayinhourshoes.com for ongoing assistance and support follow our Facebook page and group
2: Wait.